All right, let me share a couple things from the Word with you. Uh, let's, go with it. let's go in our Bibles. If you brought a Bible, uh, we want you to turn to the book of Mark chapter 5. Mark, the fifth chapter. And uh, let's get ready to get into some of this stuff here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person, I believe that you're at work in their heart, in their life. You're ministering to them your supernatural power in revelation, in spiritual sight, that they may lay hold of and grab onto what rightfully belongs to every person for whom Jesus died. Lord, we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody ready for some good stuff tonight? Good deal. All right. Mark chapter 5, and let's read verse 34. Mark chapter 5 and verse 34. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Is that, is that good news? In other words, she had an affliction, but she acted in faith. And Jesus said to her, Now you're healed. Go ahead. Your faith has made you well. Go and be healed of your affliction. How many would like that to be the end of your story? And we're reading the end of the story here, but it's nice sometimes to know how it's going to turn out. (laughs) You know, now and then someone will write a book or, or, or produce a movie, and the end is really bad. Don't you hate that? <laughs> I mean, you spent two hours or something watching a movie, uh, hoping to feel really good at the end, uh, you know, but get good pick-me-up, and I'm excited about life, and I'm excited about this, feel good about this movie, and the main person dies, <laughs> or something like that. Well, I'm thankful that in the Word of God and in God's plan, the end is bright. The end is good. The end is good for you. Come on now, we're not going out of this thing with a whimper. We're not going out of this thing uh, just barely scraping through. No, we're going out with power. Amen. And the Bible even tells us that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church, a church without spot and wrinkle. We're not going out, well, it's hard. We're just going to survive these last terrible days. No, we're going to go out in strength. Going to go out with our heads up high, with the joy of the Lord in our hearts, with the anointing of God in our lives, with boldness like lions. Come on now. Uh, Going out in the Spirit of the Lord. Now, if you've been suffering from physical sickness and disease, expect your end to be like this woman. Amen? Refuse to have it any other way. I am not going to keep this. I know sometimes people will say, but, you know, I mean, if we're ever going to die, don't we have to get sick sooner or later? Well, listen, that's man's thinking, and it, and it is because of much experience in seeing that, but that's not the plan of God. He's bigger than that. Do you know a person doesn't actually have to get sick to die? They absolutely don't. Now, we're in bodies, of course, that because of sin in the world and the fall, our bodies will wear out, and they won't, we won't live forever physically in this body as we see it now. It wasn't God's plan in the beginning, but that's the condition of the human race today and so they are going to wear out right the outward man perishes the scripture says Uh, however nowhere does the does the word of God tell us that at some point you have to get cancer so that you can go you know be with the Lord or you can or at some point your heart is just going to 
have all the valves shut off and you you know you're going to have problems there no 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 or whatever other trouble you can think of uh, that's human thinking it's human expectation that we have to suffer sickness and disease hmm. well you know when you get older you just can't remember things well who said that what what verse was that come on now are we going to live our lives by faith in what god said in what Jesus did for us on the cross, or are we just going to expect that everything that everyone in this world says is going to happen is going to happen when they're only giving us communication based on their experience, what they've seen and what they've felt, what they've heard, and it's a fallen human race. So people expect bad things. Let's expect good things. Live long, live strong, live for Him, when your time is up or when the Lord comes back, then we're out of here. Amen. But going out on purpose. Going out on, going out on time, on purpose, with strength, with a testimony. Amen. If you have kids, you prophesy to them before you die. I'm just giving you, you know, some glimpses of things I see in the Bible. Right? <laughs> okay, let me, try, let me try to get back to our message here. Uh, this woman got healed. Let's go back to the... Uh, Earlier part of the story now, Mark chapter 5, verse 25. It says, now a certain woman, uh, well, before I read that, let me just say a couple other things. Is that all right? I don't, want to go, I, want to go, I don't want to go too fast. I want to get everything that needs to be said. How many understand the Lord is the same today as he was yesterday? He's the same today as he was in these days. And watch, healing works today the same as it did back then. All right. Healing from God to a person does not work differently it is still received the same way difference is we have an advantage that Christ already died rose again and so forth but as far as healing going into a person's body it really works the same way that it did when Jesus ministered okay and he ministered very very effectively in getting people healed it's the same today listen we are at no disadvantage because Jesus is not physically here I know it kind of blows our mind to think that way. We think if Jesus were here physically, if this were his earthly ministry, uh, man, I'd sure like to be in his healing meeting. But listen, Jesus did not leave us at a disadvantage when he left. Quite the contrary. He taught specifically that we would be at a disadvantage if he stayed. And so it's better this way. What do you mean better? That can't mean that if he were healed here, I would be able to get healed, but now that he's not, then I'm going to struggle to get healed. How is that better? How is it better off? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Jesus said these things over in the book of John. Uh, how is it better off that if a f- person needs a physical healing, that it's harder for them to get it now that Jesus is gone? That can't be right. That's where our minds need to be renewed. This is better, the way we have it right now, is better than if Jesus were still physically here in the flesh having healing meetings. We might might need to think about that for a little bit, huh? Let our minds be renewed. Our minds oftentimes run contrary to to the ways of God. We have thoughts. We have ideas that have been implanted in us they've been there for a long time and it's time to dig them up Hmm? time to time to do some uprooting some tearing down so we can build back again our thinking in the ways of the light of God's word 
Amen. And so, listen again. It's no more difficult today. In fact, we're better off. This is his preferred method of people being healed. Now, there's multiple ways that people can be healed in our day, but it is his preferred method that not he physically, Jesus in the flesh, come and minister to people, but that we, by his spirit, acting on his word, minister healing to people. This is right in line. I mean, we all talk about the will of God. This is the perfect, per el perfecto, will of God for the church to be involved with today. That we, me being one of we, you being one of we too, that we be his hands outstretched. That God reaches down through you, through me, to touch people and heal them in the same way and with the same degree of power and demonstration to the same magnitude and magnificence as when Jesus ministered to the blind guy and the deaf dude, right, and the crippled person and the one with the fever and the, and the one with very, all kinds of various diseases, those who were maimed and those who were dead. Come on now. It can't be better if it worked for him when he was here and it doesn't work for us. That's not better. I don't know. I'm not a rocket scientist, but that's worse. It worked. Sometimes it works or it doesn't work. That's worse. I'm going back to the old, ma- the old way. Or I'm going to believe that Jesus is right. And what he did, we can do. What happened through him can happen through us today. All right, now let's read. Mark 5, verse 25. Now, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So for 12 years, this woman was trying out different ways of getting this flow of blood problem shut off. And understand their medicine is not, was not in their day what it is today. The human race knows much more about the physical body today than they did. I can hardly imagine some of what they tried. I mean, that word suffered is probably a good translation. <laughs> Even though I think it probably means allowed or something. You know, she, she underwent a lot of procedures, but suffered. I bet she did a lot of suffering, not only from the condition, but everything they tried to do to her to try to get that thing fixed. And they just didn't know how to do it. Didn't have the medical knowledge uh, to, get that, to get that thing sh- uh, fixed. And likewise today, there are many things that our doctors, uh, which we're on the same team with them, we're, they're ministering from the natural side. We're ministering from the supernatural faith side and, and, and God's power side. We're on the same team, but there's just a whole lot that, that medical doctors don't know how to fix. And there's a whole lot they're trying they're, they're working on it. I mean, even some of our medicines today, some of the procedures, I think if we, if we live here for a while, you know, not us, but the human race, if the Lord tarries is coming, and, and you know, let's say it's a couple hundred years, I, I bet there are people are going to be reading the medical journals of our day and saying, I can't believe they did that. I mean, how barbaric. Can, can you believe it? That they would put, you know, well, I don't want to say some of these <laughs> 
But you know how you know how some of the medis- medications they might fix one problem but give you twelve. <laughs> Or, or some of the radiation and those kind of things, how, you know, they have to use such harsh things to try to kill, uh, like cancer or something. But at the same time, I mean, it's killing everything else in you. And so, I mean, people are doing the best they know how to do, and we thank God for that. But uh, uh, this woman was in that situation for a long time. She'd had a lot of problems. And uh, she spent all her money, so she had gone broke. How many know being sick affects your prosperity? Hmm. And uh, uh, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if, I, uh, if, I, uh, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Okay? And let's just stop there for a moment and, uh, and think about some of the things that this woman had gone through, some of the things that she had done. For 12 years, she was seeking a natural cure. And we don't blame her for that. Neither do we blame people today for going through much, undergoing much physical trauma and stress to their body in their quest to be well, sitting in uh, appointments and, and doctor's offices and going through surgeries and rehabilitation and all kinds of stuff over and over again, spending tons of money, tons of their life, all family members, you know, waiting on them hand and foot because they're incapable of doing things. People go to a great length. They go through a great ordeal to try to get physically well where they can function uh, normally on their own, don't they? Do you think for a moment it might be just a logical approach that for though at least for those of us who know or know that it's a possibility that a person would give equal energy, equal effort to attaining and getting themselves in a place where they could receive the healing power of God. Too often, even among those who know, we know of someone else who got healed. We've heard of it before. But we will spend hours and hours and hours and money galore approaching our recovery from the natural side, but won't hardly spend five minutes to get healed with God's supernatural power. I just think that doesn't make sense unless we really are kind of talking out of one side of our mouth saying, I believe this, but we really don't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, why wouldn't a person, if you really believe that, that, that healing is available to all through the sacrifice of Jesus, what amount of prayer would be you know, acceptable? What amount of laying your life aside to focus in on and get the revelation, get the understanding, get the know-how of how to make a connection with God so that His power can flow? And I don't mean this has to be a long process, but I, I think the approach is sometimes with people, I'll turn in a prayer request. And, you know, if that doesn't work, we'll immediately go back to natural help. And I'll spend hours and thousands of dollars, but I spent a whole 30 seconds sending an email out to my friends saying, pray for me. You see how that doesn't make a whole lot of sense if this is really true? If it's really right? I say there needs to be a commitment 
on the part of any person who says, Lord, I believe in your love and your power and your amazing gift of healing toward my life, and I'm throwing myself completely over on you. I was willing to spend all this money and all this time seeking it naturally, and I've done you injustice. Lord, I believe that you're more powerful than that. Now, you might take from this that we're against the natural side. Again, no, we're working on the same problem. We're working to the same end to get people healed. I'm just saying, if you want to get a healing from God, what's it worth to you? And I don't mean that it costs us personally. It's been paid for in Jesus, but sometimes if it's not flowing instantly, if I'm not able to get this from God, somehow, you know, I'm thinking of a, a cord and a cord and a plug. Somehow, I'm just missing. And the effort that I give, the time I spend in prayer or maybe fasting and missing a meal, it's, or listening to stuff and reading the Word and hearing from others who know, it's just to help me to see that this needs to be aligned. Whatever I need to do to get this to connect. Because once I get that, <laughs> I'm laughing. Not only did I save some money, I've got a testimony. God healed me. And I know how it works now. <laughs> I, I know how to get his power to flow. And so I can help somebody else get, get their thinking straight. So his power can flow to them. Amen. Anyway, this woman got it. Let's, let's go back here. And uh, th- three, three simple points. How to get healed. This woman figured it out. She had a problem. Took her a long time to get to this point. But uh, when she got this figured out, she did three things and she got healed. Did you see what she did? First of all, the Bible says in verse 27 that she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. This is what changed everything in her life. This is what changed the direction and the course of her suffering and her, her, her going through all these methods to try to get her physical condition changed. She heard about Jesus. Uh, God's plan is that we hear so that we have something to believe. How many know just to say that a person believes is not real sufficient in describing their condition? Because the, my question is, well, what do you believe? Sometimes people who uh, really don't accept this part of the gospel as being a part of uh, reality today, they will say things to some of us that if ever someone doesn't get healed, you know, we're condemning because we're saying, well, you just don't have any faith. And so they see that as a, as a condemning thing and they make people feel bad. But that's not an accurate description to say that, a person doesn't have any faith or a person doesn't believe. My question is, because I think the believer works in all of us. You know that believer you've got on the inside of you? You're believing something. My question is, well, what do they believe? It's not a matter of do you have faith and do you believe. It's what do you believe? You know, I've got a relative, um, and she had some physical problems. And um, well, someone in their family was asking me, uh, about that stuff, uh, basically heavily disagreeing th- that my position that God wanted her well, and they accused me of that very thing. You're just saying that she doesn't have any faith, which I didn't say that, but they said that I said that. 
And, and um, I wanted to ask them, it never got to this point. I said, well, what do you think a person's going to believe if you're constantly telling them this is part of God's plan? This is God's will for you. He's perfecting you. He's teaching you. He's, he's doing something in his sovereign will to work something out in your life. I said, that person has faith. They have faith that their sickness is a part of God's plan. Do they believe? Yes, and it's working. I mean, they are effectively suffering for God, even though that's not true. But their faith, their faith is operative. Okay, and so it's not enough just to say, I believe in God. You believe what in God? You believe what about God? What do you believe for you? Amen. And so what we're doing is we're directing our faith not just to a broad, I believe. There's all kinds of funky beliefs, but I believe that Jesus took my sickness so I could be healed. Or, or, or what? I believe... Mark 16, 18, that when hands are laid on me, that I will recover. Or that when I lay my hands on another, they will recover. See, that's belief, and it's real specific. What do you believe about your sickness? Do you believe it's permanent? Do you believe it's God's will? Do you believe it's, there's nothing you can do about it? Because if your belief is that way, it's working. But if you can see something from God's promises and His amazing love, you can come to a point where you believe that that problem, that sickness, is on its way out today. That you're about to be set free and that problem is going to be removed from your life. That's a whole other kind of belief, isn't it? I want to believe like that. And this woman did. What's the first thing she did? I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Bible says she heard about Jesus. What did she hear about Jesus? Had to be that he was healing people. She had to have heard, because of what she did, she had to have heard about the, the healing power, about the anointing that was coming out of him. And I, I don't know if we, we got down to that part. Uh, did we? Yeah. Well, she said, well, let's just keep going. Let's see. Verse 28. For she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Why would you say that? She had heard that there was power flowing out of him. She had heard that when he touched people or when people touched him, that something came out of him and healed them. That's good. And so she heard about Jesus, and we know some of what she did here. How many know she didn't hear? Well, sometimes... Uh, God wants to heal you, and sometimes He doesn't. Sometimes He wants to minister to you, sometimes He doesn't. She couldn't have heard that because that wouldn't have motivated her to go press through that crowd. I mean, could you, could you imagine the, the, the situation that's going on? There, there's much we can say about this, but Jesus is being crowded. Think about all of us getting real close. You know, where there's not one, there's no space around any of us. You know, and one, one of us w was trying to walk through here. That, that would be the image. But, you know, multiply thousands of people. And Jesus is trying to get through. And they're all just pushing and, and shoving. Have you ever tried to get out of a, you know, a venue, maybe a sporting event, and everyone's just getting out at the same time. And it's just, you can hardly move. It's just thick. 
that's probably somewhat like what this is like, but they're all trying to get to Jesus. And this woman makes her way through to get to her. Amen. Kind of like church on Sunday. Say amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And so uh, what many hear about Jesus today uh, is not causing them to go to him for healing. It's not. It's not motivating them, I'm going to go get my healing. No, it's motivating them what they hear about Jesus to sit back and say, whatever will be, will be. Just don't know what God's going to do. And that tells me they're hearing something that they weren't talking about in this, in this day. All right? And so, uh, again, she heard about Jesus. You know, another scripture says in Luke 5 that the multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. What did they come for? To hear and to be healed. That's the way God ministers to us. He wants to speak. He wants you to hear something. And that hearing gives us something specific to believe. And I just take it. I say, how do I believe? You just choose to. I heard this was happening. I believe that. And I go get it. Here's the second thing. Second thing the Bible said is, she said, I shall be made well. First thing she did is hear. The second thing she did is say. First thing, she heard about Jesus. She heard something specific. The second thing, she responded to what she heard, and she said, that's for me. She said, I'm going to get that. She said, I shall. She didn't say, I might, or maybe, or I hope this can be someday. She said, no, I shall be made well. How many understand your healing is not about what God says about you? It's about what you say about you. Hmm. And so many times people say, well, if God's going to do it, God's going to do it. No, what, what do you say is going to happen? I don't, mean, I don't even mean what do you think. I mean, what do you say about your situation? Can you confidently and boldly say, I shall be made well? The interesting thing to me uh, about this particular instance is this woman, not only, she did, not only was she not saying, I'm going to go see if it works, I'm going to give this a, my best shot. I'm going to try real hard. She said, I, she said, I shall be made well. The Amplified Bible brings out the fact uh, that she said it continually. In fact, it says, for she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. So it wasn't just a passing thought that escaped her lips at one time. This is something she was saying, I'm going to get it. It was a determination on the inside. Her faith was getting stronger and stronger. She heard about Jesus and she said, if I can get up there and touch him, I'm going to be made whole. If I can just get through there and touch him, I'm going to be made well. And maybe she told her friends. Maybe she said, said it to some other people. But I know this. The Bible says she kept saying it. She kept saying it. Too many times we've been saying the wrong thing for a long time. I can't. I won't. It hurts. It's a problem. And we say those things over and over and over again. Let's change our words. Come on. Have you heard about Jesus? That hearing causes me to respond and say, I'm going to get it. I'm going to have hands laid on me, and I'm going to get it. She said, I'm going to get out there and touch him, and I'm going to be healed. You would think a person after 12 years would be uh, not real confident. But that's because that was all natural. She heard about something that was supernatural. She heard about Jesus being the healer. 
Amen. And here's the third thing she did. The Bible says she came and touched. She came and touched. How many understand that Jesus didn't touch her? But she touched him. Well, I'm just waiting for the Lord to touch me. Take initiative. Be the aggressor. Be the one that's going to right in the middle of whatever's going on. Uh, I'm going to interrupt and get my healing. This is the way this woman approached. Do you know healing can be initiated by you? See, in this whole series of events, Jesus was just on his way somewhere else. He was on his way to go minister to somebody else. He wasn't looking for blood, blood flowing women. He wasn't looking and say, let's just go out for a while and see if we run into anyone who needs healing. You know, I've got my garments and I've got my hems. And uh, let's just go and see if there's anybody out there. No, he wasn't looking for people to minister to. He was on his way somewhere. People were flocking around him. And this woman interrupted him. What does that tell me? I do not wait for God to heal me. If a person is waiting for God to heal them, that is a wrong approach. That is the, an incorrect method of, a, a, of getting something from God. Amen. See, faith pleases Him. When a person says, I've heard about Jesus. I've heard about His healing power. I've heard that now He moves through His body. And He's commanded all who believe to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And so I believe that when I go and get around another believer or come to a healing meeting, I believe that when I'm touched or if I need to go touch, that's okay. Because listen, this is not a, a, an inferior method. This is the same method that Jesus used. He moves through us, the body of Christ. His power and virtue will flow out of us and flow into bodies and correct things that are wrong and so a person says when I get there I'm going to get it and so again Jesus was on his way to minister to someone else and she just came and interrupted and got her healing picked one up and uh, it's incorrect for us to wait on God to heal us there are even times when people did initiate contact with Jesus calling out to him and yelling out to him he'd call them over and uh, they were obviously you know in bad situation like blind or deaf or crippled or something. <laughs> well, the deaf guy he didn't talk to, but, um, <laughs> you know, unless there was a sign language in their day. Uh, but, but, you know, some of the times he, what he would say, he, he'd say, well, what do you want me to do for you? I, I mean, it still seemed that even though it was obvious, I mean, I don't think Jesus didn't know. But why would he say that? person comes up to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they're blind. Well, what do you want? I think he knew. But I think there is something about the way God's power works, about the way that his kingdom works, is he wants the person to want it. He wants us to be specific and know what we're coming for, not just, well, I just thought maybe you could pray for me. Pray for what? He said, what do you want me to do? God wants you to want Him. He doesn't force Himself on anybody. He's not going to force a healing on you. He wants you to want to be healed. What are you coming for? What do you need? If you want healing, 
and get one. Lord, I'm here to get healed. In the very moment, and whatever that point of contact is, oftentimes laying on of hands, whatever that moment, I'm going to get it. Say it out loud. I'm going to get it. Amen. doesn't matter what God says. I mean, it matters. That's what we believe. But ultimately, then it matters what we say about our own selves. All right. And so God's will is that people be healed, that you be healed, and He wants you to want Him in your life. We're not to sit back and let the Lord pass by. Remember the Scripture says in Romans chapter 10, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What do they have to do? Well, if the Lord wants me to be saved, well, He just saved me. I've got to make the call. When I make the call, salvation comes into my life. If I don't make the call, he sits by the phone, hoping I'll call, wanting me to call, wanting to move in my life, but waiting on me to call on him. Amen. And so, in this situation, uh, reading the the rest of those verses, verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Why did he say that? Because he didn't know who touched his clothes. How many know this shows us that he was not operating as God, but as a man anointed by the Spirit? He was God, but not functioning as God. He was anointed by the Spirit, and he felt, well, what happened? His disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And so all he recognized is someone touched me in a different way. There were all kinds of people touching him. How many understand? He's getting pushed and shoved around. People are trying to get to him. He's getting bumped. But all of a sudden, something touched him different. And they barely touched him. They barely caught the hem of his garment. And he, what does this tell us? It tells us that the anointing can be felt. That God's power is, can be tangible and recognized. And he knew he's just going along, just trying to get away from people, probably hot and sweaty and dusty road. And all of a sudden, Power goes out of him. And he said, who's that? Someone just lay hold, laid hold of something supernatural here. Someone just reached out and got something. You know, this kind of also uh, t- tells us something for those of us who minister to those who are in need. You don't have to feel anointed. <laughs> I mean, again, I don't have all the details, but I kind of doubt. Jesus is walking through with people everywhere, and he's just going, man, I'm anointed today. I mean, the power of God is just flowing through me. I bet he's not, not a thing. But when someone reached out in faith, they pulled the potential of what was there. And all of a sudden, God manifests. God can manifest anywhere at any time when a person will recognize what he's there to do. Take it by faith. And so what this woman did, basically, is um, she en- she enacted something that works like a like a law does, like a physical law, like the laws that govern electricity or gravity or those type of things. It was the contact. She, she didn't ask Jesus for it. She just went up and took it. He didn't minister to her. She went up and just got it. God's power is always on. The current is always flowing. He's, his love is always available to whoever will call upon Him. And the very moment someone will say, the moment I touch, I'll be made whole. That activates God's power 
the connections line up and it will flow without exception no matter the person their age their color their their uh, their faultless living or their sin-filled life when they believe God there's a connection that is made and everything changes it's a it's a spiritual law that'll cause God's power to work in any person who will grab hold of it amen amen let me let me let me just let me just say some more of that and then we'll begin to do this any person everyone qualifies if they approach his way everyone who comes to him can do this everyone who will say I believe that it will come into me and set me free that's the qualifier Jesus healed all kinds of people who had messed up lives a vast majority of the nation of Israel when he was ministering he was called to the lost sheep of the house of Israel they were lost I mean they were backslidden they weren't living for God anymore the religious people were crazy and he, he rebuked them Every, you know people just weren't living right they weren't living for God and he'd come in there and get a whole multitude healed let us never think for a moment well there's something wrong with me that disqualifies me from God touching me I've got to get this this and this and all these things fixed in my life before God will move in me no that's just not the case he's moving in us based on his love amen and we're connecting and receiving from him based on a spiritual law that's been set in place we have been as the body of Christ me being one of them I'm anointed what does that mean God has put his spirit and his power in my life and I can on purpose release it into somebody else I'm not saying this is just all about me but hey I'm gonna be ministering here this is true for you for any believer all right but I can release it on purpose and you know we see this works from both sides any person now this might sound I don't even know if I want to say this people like to get offended at anything anyway but <laughs> this is literally true and I don't say I say this about me but I say this about anyone that same principle would work today if I recognized a believer and the anointing on a believer I could sneak up behind them and touch the hem of their garment and be healed ultimately it's not about the person it's about the anointing in the person that's the Spirit of God otherwise we're at a disadvantage we go back to that again because that's the way it worked with Jesus has to be the way it works throughout the body of Christ today we don't see a whole lot of that potentials there oh yeah thank you for your healing power oh we so we're so thankful 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 for what Jesus has provided thank you that we are the body of Christ and members in particular thank you that we are filled with your spirit anointed by you and that same healing power that flowed through Jesus and even through his clothes is present today